Well, good morning, Rocky Peak. Great to see you here. Uh, wow, baptism weekend. Give me an amazing, amazing time. Uh, looking forward to that. But we're going to have a time of teaching first. Before we, we do that, uh, just a quick, uh, quick announcement that about once uh, every other month or once a month, depends on the need, that, that we do a dessert here on Saturday nights. It's designed for people really new. You don't have to be brand new, but it's designed to catch people on the front side. We call it our next step uh, dessert. And it's a dessert that Lynn and I host here uh, on campus. It's about 20, 25 people. It just gives us a chance to, to meet you, to meet us, to learn a little bit about your story. A little bit of our story, we share a little, just a little of the vision, the values of Rocky Peak. It's kind of designed to help you, say, hey, is this the right church for me? How do I get involved? And uh, I don't, we don't always mention it in the weekend service because often it just books up. But next Saturday night, we do have some openings. And so if you've been waiting to do that, uh, you can go online and sign up for that. I'd love to meet you there. But uh, anyway, we're going to go into this time of teaching. And so if you guys are ready to go, I'm ready to jump in. You ready to go? Yeah. Okay, let's pray. So Father, we're just excited to be here in, in the house, Lord, in your house uh, we just think of the psalmist, you know, blessed are those who come to the house of the Lord. And we just come with hungry hearts today. Uh, God, we want, to, we want to know you. We want to love you. We want to please you. And so we pray that today as we come and we talk about how to discern the voice of your spirit when you're speaking to us, we pray that you would just give us, uh, give us ears to hear. I just pray against any confusion that anyone, anyone would bring, any warfare right now, that you would just settle the enemy, pray you'd set your angels on guard around this campus, all our campus, and we pray that all that happens here is the result of your work and your Holy Spirit. We pray that in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. Well, our story starts today in North San Diego County, and uh, this is where she's grown up. Uh, this is where she's gotten to school. In fact, she's a junior in high school right now. And it's that time where you begin to start thinking, uh, if you're planning on going to college, it's a time you start thinking about college. Where do I want to go? Where do I want to attend? What are my options? And so uh, several, she, she and several friends had planned to go on a road trip to get to go north, uh, to up through the state of California, to look at several colleges that were on their maybe list. And so uh, as they came north from San Diego County, they eventually you know, hit the 405. They come into the San Fernando Valley. And one of the girls in the car sees a sign for a college they'd never heard of, uh, one that they'd never really considered, um, and it was Cal State Northridge, right, the seaside. And, uh, and so none of them had thought of them, had planned on this, but it was like, hey, what the heck? Uh, we're here, we're on a road trip, we've got the time, let's swing by the campus. And so they, they did, so they swung by the campus, they talked to some of the, the counselors, the advisors, they kind of walked the campus, and little did she know that for one of the girls in that car, that this day was gonna change the entire trajectory of her life. Well, today, we are continuing this series that we've been in now, this is week seven of the series, called Hearing God, Discerning His Voice. And uh, for those of you who are brand new, a special welcome. Uh, the core concept of this series is very simple, that we believe God is still speaking today to his children in a wide variety of ways. And that if we truly want to develop uh, a, a truly personal relationship with God, um, if we want to experience his presence and his power, both in and through our lives, and if we want to carry out his vision and his calling for our lives, that one of the most important spiritual skills, most important spiritual experiences we need to have, cultivate, is learning how to hear, to recognize, respond to the voice of God in our lives. 
So if you've been here the last, last three weeks, last three weeks we've been focusing on the different ways God speaks. We've, week one, we looked at the primary way, the most important way that God speaks right us is through, uh, through his, his word, through the holy scriptures, right, the word of God. Uh, but the next two weeks, we looked at a wide variety of ways that, that God also speaks, everything from dreams and visions to still small voice, uh, uh, thoughts, impressions, downloads, uh, prophetic words, and that sort of thing. And so today we kind of take the next turn in this series. For this week and next week, we're going to ask the question, how do we discern when a thought, an idea, a voice, a prophetic word, a dream, how do we discern when that's coming from the Lord or whether it's coming from me or even from the enemy? And so what we're going to do is uh, this week and next week, I'm going to be introducing seven key questions. I think very helpful for us as we try to discern the voice of the Lord in our life. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to do the first two today. Then we're going to come, they're, they're very foundational. Then we're going to come back next week and, and wrap up with the, with the last five. So on your note sheet there, you have a section that's called Hearing God, Discerning God's Voice. Let's jump in. For for each of these seven, I'm going to give you a word or a key phrase, and then I'm going to give you the question that goes with it. So number one is the message. The first one is the message, and the question is, does it align with Scripture? Now, this is something we've talked about many times in this series, but it's, it's very much on purpose. Because one of the the most important uh, principles we need to understand when we're learning to hear God's voice is that the Holy Spirit, who inspired the scriptures, is never going to lead us or contradict to to, uh, the scriptures that he's inspired. And so we always need to ask the question, hey, when we sense that we have a, a message, a word, a thought, a download, whatever this, hey, I think it's from the Lord, we need to always ask the question, is this in alignment with his word? Now, of course, this doesn't always help because not everything we're seeking guidance on really is kind of falls in this category. So for example, many things the Lord's going to speak to us or direct us on uh, it's, gonna, uh, it's not going to be like a right or wrong thing. Like for many of you today, uh, hopefully, that as we were sharing this need in kids' ministry, for some of you, the, the Lord's going to begin to put, put this desire or give this thought in your heart to, to do that, right? And I, I hope that happens. But, um, but that's not an issue when you're praying, hey, Lord, is this from you or not? Like, like teaching in a ministry or serving in a ministry is not like a right or wrong, right? It's, it's, it's not like there's not going to be anti-scripture or something like that. If you have to decide, you're, you're praying for direction, what school should I attend? Uh, what college should I attend? That's not a right or wrong. Uh, if it's, uh, hey, it's just time to make a career move, go back to school, change direction, uh, that's not a right or wrong. So uh, so not every issue is going to, you know, is, is going to be, the, uh, gonna, this is really going to fit where, um, hey, is this message line? But here's the thing, that many times it does. And when it does, it's really important because this is one of the most important questions to ask that keep us from getting derailed in our spiritual life and heading off in a direction that could be really harmful or disastrous. So let me just give you an example quick. When I was a young pastor, which was increasingly long ago, but 
when I was a young pastor, I was probably about 30, been in the ministry maybe two years at this point. And so I was part of this very small church, um, maybe 200 people uh, on a weekend. And it was just myself and one other pastor. And one day we get a call from a man in our church. It's a married guy who wants to come in and counseling about his marriage. And so, you know, we're assuming probably some things going on. He wants to get some wise counsel about how to make his marriage better. So he meets with my friend, right? And, uh, and, he's, and so he's kind of shared how, how hard this marriage has been. It's been a tough marriage. Now, catch this, there's no adultery, there's no unfaithfulness, there's no abuse, there's no abandonment, there's nothing that would fall under that category of kind of biblical reasons to end a marriage, but it's not been an easy marriage. And so, and so we're assuming he's coming in to get some wise counsel on how to make this marriage work, right? But, but that's not why he's come. The reason he's come is to share the good news with us that God has showed him that God's top priority for his life is to be happy. And that since this woman is not making him happy, the Lord wants him to seek a woman who will. All right. Last night someone said, good luck with that. Last night, it was kind of like we're all at Starbucks. Everyone's talking to me. I'm talking to them. Um, right? And so, so here's an example of we don't have to ask, was that from the Lord or not? Because the word is so clear that God created marriage. And as followers of Jesus, when our marriage gets tough, his will for our life is not to bail on our marriage, but for both parties to come under the leadership of Jesus and say, what changes do I need to make in my life to become the kind of person that can make a marriage work. Like that, that's, the, that's the answer, right? And so we, we don't leave the marriage. And so we don't have to ask, well, I wonder if he's hearing from the Lord or not. We know he's not hearing from the Lord. It's obvious, right? So this question is not gonna always, always help us because like I said, not every question is a right or wrong, truth or error, but it's a very important question that keeps us from being deceived and from derailing in our spiritual walk. So for example, if someone comes to me and says, hey, you know, the Lord's just really been showing me, it's amazing how Jesus is not the only way. Like that, what I've been studying these Eastern religions, I've been studying kind of new agents, really, you know, it's really all kind of saying the same thing. It's like, I, I know that's not from the Lord, right? If someone comes to me and says, hey, I know what the scripture says about sexual purity, but you know, my, my fiance, we, we're planning on getting married at some point in the future, so we started living together, we're sleeping, that's okay because the Lord showed me that's okay because we're planning on getting married. Like, I don't have to discern if that's from the Lord or not. Someone comes to me in, the, in their business and they says, yeah, the Lord's really shown me that it's, I'm gonna, I, I can't really uphold the standard of honesty and integrity and be successful in my field. And so he's really okay with me having less than integrity. If someone comes to me and says, you know, as I prayed over this, I, I, I believe in what Jesus taught about forgiveness, but this person hurt me so bad that the Lord has let me know that for this one, I get a pass. Are you with me here? Right, it's amazing how many times, well, hey, I think the Holy Spirit's showing me something. It's like, hello, that's in direct opposition to the word. And this will save us from making huge mistakes in our life. So the first question is, um, is, it, is the message, does this align with uh, scripture? Now the second question, it's gonna take longer, 
And this is a very foundational issue. We're going to spend quite a bit of time on it, but in a sense, the next five questions, in one sense or another, kind of all relate in certain ways to this one. And so I'm going to, I'm going to give you the, the, the key term first, and then I'm not going to give you the question. I want to talk about the key term first, kind of define it, explain it, and then come back after we understand it and give you the question. And so the, the key term is what I'm calling spiritual intuition, a spiritual intuition. So let's talk about this. Um, Jesus promised that when we came to him, we give him our life, that he would send the Holy Spirit into our life. And one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to open our eyes to spiritual truth, to give us new perception, new spiritual insight, right? to lead us into all truth. And so uh, I want to I give you a scripture. You're actually going to be looking at this in your life group study this week, but it's not on your note sheet. Um, so we're going to put it on the screen. But this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and this is what Paul says. He says, what we have received, as we as Christians, as followers of Jesus, what we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who's from God. So when we come to Jesus, we receive his spirit, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. Okay. Now we'll go to the next verse, two verses later, verse 14. And he says, the person without the Spirit, so this is the person who has not yet come to Christ, they don't have the Holy Spirit, does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are what? They're discerned through the Spirit. So I want you to think like when you came to Jesus, and some of you, maybe if you grew up in a Christian home, uh, this may maybe happen later as you grew in your faith, but, but if you came to Christ later in life, you understand this, that there was a time, you didn't want to hear about Jesus, you didn't want to read the Bible, you thought people who do that were super weird, keep me away from them, right? And, uh, and then through whatever happened, you came to Jesus, and all of a sudden things looked different. Things that once looked right now look wrong. Things that once seemed so true now seem false. One thing once seemed false now seem true. And what I want you to catch is it's not like anyone's teaching you. It's just like you're just seeing it. It's just you're discerning it. You can just see it like the Spirit of God's come. And with the Spirit of God, he's given you like spiritual eyesight and spiritual ear. You can hear what the truth is. You can see what the truth is. One of the young men that's getting baptized today and sharing his story talked about before he came to Jesus, he was sort of into new age. He'd, a friend of his had given him a Bible. He didn't want to read it because he kind of had a kind of a new age Jesus in his mind. He was in New York City one night and he gave his life to Jesus. The next day, he had this voracious hunger for the word he had never had before. He had to fly back here to L.A. He was in the airport for 13 hours. He spent 13 hours reading the word. Right? See, when the Holy Spirit comes into our life, it's supernatural. And one of the things he does is he opens our eyes to spiritual truth and catches it's not truth based on just logic or evidence. This is very important. It's not opposed to logic. It's not opposed to evidence. It's not opposed to scripture. In fact, it's in line with all three. But it's a different way of knowing. It's a direct 
knowing that comes from the Holy Spirit in a way you can't even explain. And this is what I would call spiritual intuition and it's something we need to talk about in the church of Jesus more because it's, it's very powerful. We understand how this fits into discerning God's voice. So let me give you four examples from scripture. I wanna I want give you some examples of this. So the first example comes from John 10. It's there in your note sheet. And this is a famous passage. In fact, we've mentioned it several times in this series. Jesus is using an analogy of sheep and shepherds. Now, I don't know if you know this, but, but sheep have an intuitive knowledge of their shepherd's voice. Like if you bring three flocks together, three different shepherds, they will intermingle. But when it's time to go, the shepherd just says, hey, let's go, or whatever he says, and his sheep just come out. Now someone else could say, hey, let's go, say the exact same words. They won't follow a stranger. So Jesus uses, it's like sheep have this direct intuitive, that's my master. And Jesus uses this to explain the difference between his disciples, his followers, and those who don't believe. In the context of John chapter 10, in John 9, Jesus had just healed the man that had been blind from birth. But in spite of his teaching, in spite of his miracles, the religious leaders were not following him. Yet many who were not educated in the scriptures as much as their leaders were following him. And this is what Jesus said. He said, here's what's happening. He said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now catch this, in context, he is not saying, my sheep hear the still small voice. In context, what he's saying is, my sheep, they recognize in my teaching, and who they recognize spiritually who I am. And they follow, there's a direct spiritual recognition and intuition. As we move out into the New Testament, uh, in Romans 8, Paul talks about this. Romans 8, Paul says that when, when a man or woman comes to Jesus, our core relationship with God changes. And before we were afraid of him, but now that we have come to Jesus, we become his sons and daughters. But he says, guess what? He says that, that we have a direct and intuitive sense of his change of status. And it comes not based on logic, not based on reason. It comes directly from the Holy Spirit. So this is what he says. In Romans 8, he says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Did you catch that? The Spirit testifies with our spirit, from his spirit to our spirit, in a direct way, something has changed. The relationship has changed. We were once lost, we are now found, we were once afraid, he's now our father, we are sons and daughters. And it, it's not the result of teaching, it's not the result of logic, it's not the result, here's 18 scriptures, there's just a direct intuitive sense from the Holy Spirit, he's speaking to our spirit, something has changed. A third example, third and fourth example, both come from the little letter of 1 John, later in the New Testament, written by the Apostle John. So here's the situation, is that uh, John had led these believers to the Lord, but after he, after he left, that some of the, some of the people in the church uh, that we, everyone thought were believers, they kind of rise up and start introducing this new false teaching about Jesus and who he is and what it looks like to follow him. Right, so John's writing to correct that, right? But when he gets to chapter two, this is what he says. 
He says, you all have an anointing from the Holy One. Now, the best way to understand, we think he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He says, you as followers of Jesus here in your church, you all have an anointing from the Holy One. Just like Jesus promised, he anointed you with the Holy Spirit when you came to him. And he said, and you all, you know the truth. And catch this, as for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you. And catch this, you do not need anyone to what? Now, what is he saying? He's not saying that in our life, we don't need spiritual leaders and teachers. I mean, after all, the apostle John led him to the Lord. He taught them. He's writing this whole letter to teach him. But what he's saying is when it comes to discerning whether these teachers that are rising up are speaking the truth or not, you don't need anyone to teach you. You have an anointing from the Holy Spirit. You will intuitively sense directly from him that this is wrong. I don't know if you've ever thought about this. I'm sure some of you have had this. It's not like a show of hands sort of thing. But my guess is that there's, there's probably many of us here that were once part of a church, part of a ministry, maybe it was a part of a cult, where from early on, or very, you sensed something was wrong. And you couldn't put your finger on it, but everything sounded right. And you just kept saying, well, it all sounds, it just must be me. And you didn't pay attention. And what John is saying is, no, pay attention. When something seems obvious, you're going to direct, the Holy Spirit is giving you a direct intuitive sense. Something is off. This is not right. Uh, he says, so as his anointing teaches you about all things, remember Jesus said he would lead us into all truth, and as that anointing is real and not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. And then the last example is really fascinating. You know, in John chapter 14, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, Jesus said that when I, he says, if, if you love me, you'll, you'll keep my commandments. And, and if you do, then when I leave, I'll send you another counselor, an advocate, remember a parakletos, to be with you. And one of his roles will be to lead you into all, all truth. And, and he said, and so when the Holy Spirit comes and you receive him, the spirit of truth, he says, then, then the Father and Son will come and make our home with you. And so that through the Holy Spirit, when we come to Jesus, the Father, Son, Spirit, the triune God come to make their home in us. So in 1 John chapter 3, John is referring to this. And he says, this is how we know that he, and context is God, this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the what? The Spirit. He says, how do you know that, that God has come to live in you? How do you know the Spirit lives in you? He says, you know it from the Spirit. He tells you in a direct and intuitive way. Now, this is interesting because in the church I grew up with, if I were to ask this question growing up, wait a second, what's this Holy Spirit thing? We don't talk about him a whole lot here. Right? So, so I'm reading my Bible and it says that, that I have the Holy, how do I know I have the Holy Spirit? You know what the answer would have been? The answer would have been, well, have you given your life to Christ? Yes. You've trusted him for your salvation? Yes. Well, then the Bible says that you've received the Holy Spirit and you need to take that by faith, that you have the Holy Spirit. Now, there's nothing wrong with that in one sense, but it's only half the story. The other half of the story is what they should have said is, well, the Holy Spirit himself will tell you that he's there. Now, how do we know that God is in us? The Holy Spirit will tell us. 
And see, often what we've done in the church is we want to separate the word from the spirit. It's not the word or the spirit. It's the word and the spirit. It's the word testifying on the outside. It's the spirit testifying on the inside. You see? Oh, here's what I want you to catch is if you're a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit who's opened your eyes to see who Jesus is. That's why, that's why you hear his voice. That's why you recognize him as your shepherd. That's why you follow him. That's why when you read your Bible, it makes sense. That's why you have certain hunches or whatever, and you listen and follow, and God does great things. This is because you have the Holy Spirit, and he has given you a supernatural sense of what is right and true and good. And we need to learn to pay attention to it. And so now that we understand the big picture that uh, what spiritual intuition is, I'm ready to give you the question that we need to ask in context. Okay, so back at the top. The question then goes like this. So spiritual intuition, here's the question. Do I have peace about this? Now, hold on just a second. Don't go too far ahead, like thinking you know what I mean, because it might be very different. I need to be very clear about this. This is a question I often ask myself. What I'm trying to discern, is this thought, is this idea, is this word, is this, is this from the Lord? Um, is this direction, this decision that I, I think the Lord has shown me, is this from the Lord? One of the questions I will ask is, do I have peace about this? Okay, it's a very helpful question, but let me, let me explain something very important. When I say peace, I'm using this in a technical sense. So let me define what I mean. Okay? So I've been around many Christians over my life who'll sometimes say, yeah, I had peace about this. And what they mean is it sounded like a good idea to me. I had peace about it means, yeah, I wanted to do it. I like the idea. I am not talking about that. When I'm talking about peace, I'm talking about a peace that comes from the Holy Spirit himself that is deeper than emotion. It's deeper than logic. It's deeper than reason. It comes at the very deepest part of you, that part of spiritual intuition that how do you know Jesus is the truth? How do you know the Bible is the word of God, right? It comes from that deepest part of you. In fact, oftentimes, as you learn to pay attention to this piece, that this will lead you to do the very last thing you want to do. Like, let me give you an example. Let's say you're in a life group and you have conflict with another life group member. Now, I know that never actually happens here. <laughs> but hypothetically, let's say you were in a different church. <laughs> All right, so, so you're in a life group and you have this conflict. Someone has said something that you found offensive. They've done something that's hurt you or whatever. And you're trying to decide what to do. Now, in that situation, you really have a couple big bucket options. One big bucket option is to forgive them, just to let it go. Just say, yeah, it hurt me, or that was offensive, I'm just gonna let it go. Like Jesus forgave me, I'm just gonna let it go. The other option is to move towards it and have a conversation to seek peace together. Those are the two options. The option we don't have is to get bitter. The option we don't have is to gossip. 
Option we don't have is to get passive aggressive. Start acting real weird when you're around. I'm like, what's with them? Well, you offended them. You said no. And so, so you go before the Lord. And remember, when we're discerning the Lord's will, we always have to be willing to go either way. There's no point in asking if you're like, I'm not listening. So you go before the Lord and say, Lord, this person's really hurt me, it's offended me, I'm trying to figure out, is this something I just need to let go and get over? Or do I need to move towards him and try to have what I like to call a clarifying conversation? And everything within you is hoping. The Lord says, just let it go. (laughs) But as you pray about those two options and you kind of weigh them before the Lord, you sense his peace resting on the harder. You need to go and talk. See, this peace I'm talking about, I'm not talking just about emotion. I'm talking about something deeper than emotion in that place of spiritual intuition where you know and you know it directly. I think a great example of this is Jesus in Gethsemane. Remember when Jesus, the night he was arrested, you remember he went out for three times by himself for extended times of prayer. And he didn't want to go to the cross, remember? And he said, Lord, he said, Father, if there's any other way, take this cup from me. But he, but he, but he constantly said, I'll go to the right or left, but your will, right? Have you ever wondered why he had three seasons of prayer? I think it's pretty obvious. It's because he didn't get clarity until the third time. And so as he continued to go before his father, there came a time where he sensed the peace of God resting, that this is the calling son. There is no other way, right? So when I talk about hey, what do you have peace to do? I'm not talking what you feel, what feels good, what you like. I'm saying, hey, what is the, the, the supernatural peace of God in the deepest part of that, that, that spiritual intu- intuition part? Like, what is it saying? So let me give you a practical example. We started the day with the story of this young woman, junior in high school, growing up in North San Diego County. He's gonna go north, northward with several friends on a road trip to check out colleges. Probably a lot of you uh, guessed that that was my wife, right? Yeah, but it wasn't. Um, yeah, yeah th- but this is a story of someone that many of you will know. It's a story uh, that Christy Cox uh, shared with Lynn and I many years ago when we were at a wedding together. And uh, so, so, you know, Christy is wife of Dave Cox, uh, who is one of our pastors here, and uh, they still, they're part of Rocky Peak here, and uh, Dave is now the chief operating uh, uh, officer for Zoe International, kind of a sex trafficking ministry that we support. And so, but she was sharing that, you know, on that day that she's with these friends, and they've kind of mapped out what the colleges are going to go to, as they, they come up through the through the San Fernando Valley, and they see this sign for Cal State Northridge. They decide just to check it out. You know, no one was planning on going there. But here's what happened. As she went, as she walked on campus, as she talked to the counselors and so on, that she just catched this the way she, she just knew. She knew. <laughs> like I, got, I got to say it when you're not coughing. Okay, listen. she just knew. It was like, that was just weird. You got to... <laughs> it's like, no, no, this is... Re- this is really important. We need to get this point, right? <laughs> okay. She, she just knew. 
in that deep part of her, that Holy Spirit part, that part of, she knew that this was the place where God was calling her. Was it based on logic? No. Was it based on reason? No. Was it based on, hey, listing the pros and cons? No. Was it because this is the most beautiful garden spot in the United States? No. And she knew this was the place where she was to go. How did she know that? She, she couldn't explain how she, it was, just, it was direct, intuitive knowledge from the Holy Spirit. Now, what she did then is she continued to pray and take this before the Lord. And we'll talk about this more next week, but one of the, thing, one of the ways we, we weigh whether a word is from God or thoughts from God is it doesn't stick. Because when God speaks, that word continues. You can come back to it. Like if you, oh, he said this one day and he said this, and that's not the Lord. His word isn't changed his mind. We'll talk more next week. But, so, but here's what happened. In the, in the coming weeks and months, as she continued to pray over that, she continued to sense God's peace resting on this decision. And what's crazy, so as a result of that, she changed her plan. She, after she graduated from high school, she came to Seaside looking for a, a good church. This was kind of years before Lynn and I came. She came looking for a good church. She heard about the church at Rocky Peak. She comes to the college group. She, she joins the college group. The college group doesn't have a pastor. They're praying for a pastor. The God will bring a pastor. And so she joins in and praying that God will be the right man to lead this, this, this ministry. And God brings the man. His name was Dave Cox. So she got more than she bargained for. Right? <laughs> but here's a great example of spiritual intuition you just know. Then you wait before the Lord and say, where, where does your peace lie? And, and God's peace, deeper than emotion, deeper than reason, you sense that direct intuitive part that this is from the Lord. So it's a very important question, and this will be very foundational as we move forward. Um, one of the greatest leaders of all church history was the, the man who started the Methodist movement, um, Methodist churches. His name was John Wesley. And uh, John Wesley was a man who, who really was kind of filled with and led by the Holy Spirit. And so a characteristic part of his ministry was teaching on the Holy Spirit. And uh, he, he gave a sermon one time that was called The Witness of the Spirit, which comes from Romans 8, which in the old King James says, the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're sons of God, that same verse we looked at earlier. And he talks about, about this, this concept of spiritual intuition and how do you discern if a voice is from the Lord? And he says it's, it's about spiritual intuition. And let me, let me, I wanna walk you through what he says here. This is uh, old English, so it's a little hard to follow, but I think it's worth it. He says, uh, he's, the question is, how do you discern when, when God's speaking to you? And he says this, how do you distinguish night, uh, day from night? Like, how do you decide when you go outside, how do you decide, is it day or night? Like, is that a rational process? You just see it, right? It's just kind of a direct, it's obvious. And he said, how do you distinguish light from darkness? or the light of a star from the light of the noonday sun. He says, is there not an inherent, obvious, essential difference between the one and the other? And do you not immediately and directly perceive that difference? This is the way our our physical senses work, right? The way we smell or the way we see or the way we hear, it's just sort of a direct kind of information. 
And he says, in like manner, there is an inherent, essential difference between spiritual light and darkness. This is why in 1 John, John said, hey, you have the anointing, use it. You, you can discern whether this new teaching about Jesus is from the Lord. Or not. It's just you, you have the, the, the spirit, discern it. And he said, uh, so there's an inherent essential difference between spiritual light and darkness. And this difference also, kind of in the same way as our physical senses work, it's also immediately and directly perceived. If your spiritual senses are rightly disposed, if you're walking with the Lord and a life of obedience. And then he says, to require a more minute and philosophical account of the manner whereby we distinguish these. In other words, uh, hey, to ask for more clarification of how do you discern the voice of God, more than what I've said, and of that criteria or intrinsic marks whereby we know the voice of God is to make a demand which can never be answered. No, not by one who has the deepest knowledge of God. Now, I would say we can go further than this. And that's what our next five questions so next week are going to be diving in. But do you catch what he's saying? He's saying that our spiritual sense works in a similar way as our physical sense. How do you know the sun's shining? How can you tell which is brighter, this candle or the sun? Right? It's not like, oh, let me measure it out or let me do a test. You just, you just look and it's obvious. He's saying that, that when it comes to discerning the voice of God, this is how it works. There's a, there's a direct intuitive sense. It's different when God speaks than our own thoughts, our own ideas. But I think we can go farther than that. I think we can break that down more. We can say, no, there are some other questions that we need to ask that will help us confirm this. And that's what we're going to come back to next week. But today I want to introduce these two because they're very foundational for the rest of where we're going next week. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. So, Father, we thank you so much for um, the beauty of your word and the gift of your spirit and how your word and spirit combined to, to, to reveal truth to us and to confirm the path you have for us. And so, Lord, we pray that as we continue to go through this series, we pray that you would continue to uh, open our eyes and ears that we would understand uh, not only how to hear you, but how to discern you so that we can follow it, so we can know you, so we can love you, and so we can please you in deeper ways. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. amen.